the title of this evening's uh, Dharma talk is confirmation bias. So basically, I just wanted to talk about bias, but I wasn't too clear on how I should do that or how I should approach it. And so I thought I would just make stuff up, which I did. But it's also a production bias, or it's any kind of bias that precedes something you're about to do. That's what I wanted to say. A bias, you know, it's a, it's a, a prejudice. It's a, a pre, something that is, happens before something else. Just before that, something shuts down, and then we proceed out of hope for something and fear of something, or possibly just blocking the whole thing out and uh, taking a stab at it or running away, uh, shutting down. So it seems to show up so many different ways. And I'm, I'm happy to take some questions about this, especially ones that, you, that you're dealing with. If something that I'm saying here resonates with some aspect of what you're dealing with in your everyday life, in your family, in your sitting practice, then I can respond to that in a few moments, in a, uh, maybe, maybe several moments. So, but there's there is a kind of bias, and this uh, this can be discovered. The fundamental structure of this can be discovered on the cushion, looking at the wall, or at the floor, or if you sit with your eyes closed, which I don't recommend, but I'm not against that if that's what you want to do. It might slow things down quite a bit. Look at what's in front of you. Shouldn't be much happening there. Just a wall. Just a the. Uh, back of your uh, front of your refrigerator or whatever, something where nothing much is going on so that that sense field is open and on receive. Because if you shut that one down, all the other sense fields do the same thing. Uh, go ahead, argue with me. If you like, if you think that's not the case, and I will uh, not fight with you on that. Because it could be different with each person. I'm just talking about my understanding of this. When I have my eyes closed, I feel much better because everything is being shut down, turned off, backed off. This is why people who do those kinds of meditations uh, or have some kind of occupation doing the following the breath or doing mantras, that feels better to do that. You can sit there a lot longer, perhaps you've noticed. But if you sit there and hold still and just hold as still as you can and just allow everything to do whatever it wants to do, uh, then uh, you are training your mind to be with what the Buddha called dependent origination. That's that's uh, frightening and even somewhat scary for the self-centeredness, the ego, which wants to keep its uh, uh, throne. Uh, it's a point of authority that protects the, the self-centeredness, that aspect of consciousness that is paranoid. Uh, in the Yogacara tradition called the seventh consciousness. A confirmation bias means that you're, you're biased that if something shows up, instead of just looking at what it is, fundamentally looking at the structure of that and how that's operating, we immediately jump on that with some kind of a prejudice or predetermined uh, a bias about some of the features of that. It could be the color of somebody's skin. It could be the tone of their voice. It could be their sex or sexual orientation. Any number of things show up in our society these days as good examples of uh, social warfare. And when we have someone who is well-known, popular, or whatever they are, a politician or a movie star, if they start to take on that kind of craziness, that kind of insanity, uh, because we are not separate, Yes, that's what I said. Because we are separated, but fundamentally not separate, that aspect of anyone's individual consciousness that is disturbed and has gone underground and hides out somewhere, to uh, tell a little story about it, if someone in a high, popular, famous situation starts to have that same frequency, then all these little, uh, these little mounds of dirt start to, start to rattle. And then we, that's where we get people who follow uh, Hitler as a, what, stormtrooper <clears throat> or obey people who are insane. 
So the idea of a biased, a bias is basically saying that that whatever you produce or whatever you receive or whatever you select or whatever you reject or whatever you shut down on is has a basis in that's already there, that's already a predetermined construct that is quite invisible until something happens that rattles that particular or uh, uh, situation makes it similar, what you could call frequency is happening there. And then one feels, oh, I, I have some company. I have someone else. Something else is speaking to me there. Something else I can associate with. If you become aware of this in your own mind stream, I highly recommend that you do nothing with it. Don't do anything with it other than just be aware of it. It may not feel so good to see or feel or taste or have an understanding that you are, uh, that something that is arising around you, you are against and you don't like it. So don't rotate out of that initial feeling, which is what? Dependently arisen. There's no one doing that. That emotion that you have is dependently arisen. If you do anything with that, if you start to push it back, oh, I have to train my mind. Or if you start to bring it forward, oh, it's because of that, because of how I was treated. It's not that it isn't relatively true, but we are not talking about a mundane path of getting better. We're not even talking about a mundane path of healing. Not that you won't heal. Relative truth still operates even in terms of healings, things, especially if you don't meddle with them. This doesn't mean that you couldn't come with some kind of understanding about what, what is difficult and put some kind of a, a palliative or a salve or something on that to speed up the heating of, uh, healing. Of course you could. That's a possibility. But when it comes to the mind stream, um, because the nature of understanding this has not been thoroughly seen, it's been seen in its relative context. And most of scientists, most scientists believe in relative truth. Have you noticed? You gotta have proof. You have to have proof. How, how do you, if you say this, say that, say, well, how do you know? Can you prove that? And we get caught up in that idea that, yeah, I guess, I guess I should find some proof for this somewhere. Pardon me a moment. <laughs> Kevin reads, reads lips. <laughs> <laughs> So what we're doing this with is our aware, we're aware, we sit down, uh, we practice and we receive, please receive, just receive, don't come, come to no conclusions. And if you come to a conclusion, then receive that, but no promotion, uh, no pushing away as if some, something you've decided that that's dysfunctional. Don't do it. Don't do anything. Less is better unless it's about sitting down and holding still basic discipline and just receiving basic discipline, just receive. Be generous. Give everything your attention. This is not easy to do because if you begin doing that, every, the things that start coming towards you that you don't think should come or you think should stop, whether it's in the form of another person or someone's voice or something coming out of the past or a dream or a nightmare or just uh, anxiety with no particular cause. If you're, if you're addicted to cause, then you're always going to look for what? Something else. Go ahead. But notice how dizzy you get spinning around and right and wrong and up and down and back and forth and should and shouldn't. Should, I should, I know I shouldn't do, I should do this and I shouldn't, I don't need to do that. I'm not going to do that. It's a constant rotation around in what? Attaching to relative truth as some things are true and some things are false. Of course they are, but those are relative. What is uh if you look outside the window and say, what is that? Well, right now it's dusk. But the same thing tomorrow will be called dawn. Are they separate? Are they separated? Are they both the same thing? Do they have different qualities? Somewhat. So it is about to get to my basic point here, and then we'll have some questions. My basic point here is if you watch your prejudice, if you watch your, even your hatred, you might have hatred for things or for someone, maybe for yourself. 
Sometimes self-hatred actually gets you onto the path. It certainly did for me. It seems necessary to do quite a bit of it, to be able to totally, simply, and directly cut into those strings that go back and forth that tie us to relative truth, success, failure, right, wrong, enlightened, unenlightened, crazy, sane. So insofar as you can, through the sitting practice of meditation, you will become better, let's put it this way, at just watching what moves without, uh, adding, without adding things to it to make what is moving even heavier or even more uh, show up with the illusion that you somehow have something under control. Finally, I didn't did this, but now, now that I've been meditating, I feel much better about that. Not against that, not against feeling better, but I am completely for seeing what is true in your situation. Mine is one kind of dynamic of uh, true and false, right and wrong, and up and down, back and forth. And it's not that that doesn't continue to work. That's why it's so easy. It's incredibly easy if someone has come up and said something to you and insulted you to assume that they're wrong or that they should be, you should either fight with them or you should be quiet and not respond at all. Um, but to think that they've actually done something that they have done something wrong to you and you are the receiver of this ill treatment. I'm not saying that relative truth isn't functioning. Of course it is. But if you, if you go in that direction, then uh, you've, this is called uh, materialism. You've, you've bought into the relative structure. And so we're right back to success and failure, life and death. And, and we might as well just invest in Wall Street or something. If you want to be successful, you might have another 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years to spend all of your money or to be successful. I'm not, not particularly mocking that. I'm just saying you could do that too. You could be very successful. Train your mind. Spend some time sitting down. You need to become a Buddhist. Uh, that's up to you. I'm not here to market anything. Sit down, hold still, take up a symmetrical posture and diligently, uh, uh, diligently and uh, repetitively return to a very simple situation of sit down, hold still and observe. And a lot of that is observing how much you can't quite observe, how much you keep piling things on this. That shows up and then you push on that. That shows up and then you blame or you credit or negotiate on and on. Eventually, if you, the less you do, the more radical it is, that starts to wear out. Even the Vidyadara Trungpa Rinpoche talked about wearing out ego like it's an old shoe that you never resole or reheal. So there's no one to actually attain liberation. Liberation doesn't belong to anyone. It's not a credential. And there are people, famous people, who... Um, who are thought of as liberated. Maybe some of them are. If you have questions, I'd be happy to respond to them. She is on bowing. Yes, sir. Uh, when I think about confirmation bias, it shows up like looking for things to reassure me that I'm right, whether it's articles or the people that I surround myself with. Uh, I'm wondering if there should be any activity trying to actively investigate things that challenge our, our bias bowing. Not necessarily. So if we, if we get too industrious about going after something, uh, then, then we start to look for results. So we start, start to get um, magnetized into that. So the way I talk about it, and I'm talking about it here, excuse me, it's just watch what moves. You're a monk, you live in a monastery, and your life is, has a lot of formal structure to it. Uh, someone who has no practice situation, particularly has a sangha, but they're, it's intermittent or it's on Zoom, which is, is great. In fact, it's quite amazing how all I had to do is wish for Zoom and it happened. You knew that I did that, right? 
you didn't think that Zoom just showed up because of technology? So you, you just have the wrong confirmation bias. So further question about that could be, should I do anything? Should I actually active actively? I would say that that may show up, but the less that it is a strategy about things and more is just something that naturally shows up, you just begin to look in that direction. Further questioning about that is totally appropriate if you have it or anyone else. Cheese on buying. How um, do you, how do we, how do I work with the intense prejudice, which does not allow me to see the other side of, of what's of you, something? You know about the prejudice? <clears throat> That's how it's done. Don't, don't cover it up. Don't adjust it. Don't push it away. Nothing with it. Just receive the prejudice and notice that it's never exactly the same. It shows up strong one time, and then it seems to be weaker. And then we might add on, I think it's going away, you know, another kind of commentary, or we might add on, it's getting stronger. Just notice the movement or the fluctuation of it without any particular uh, interpretation or explanation of that or validation of it. Less is better. More is, is better when we're talking about receive. Receive as much as you can. Every color, every shape, every person's face, every feeling about being kind of a um, irritated by the way somebody acts, receive that. It is a, as if not to be too re, uh, romantic about it, but it is a gift that someone who is around you that you're fairly close to or in the same room with, whether it's your Dharma brother, sister, or your partner, or your next door neighbor, they're actually giving you the nature of your mind. They're giving you the nature of bias, of confirmation or validation or any kind of bias or any kind of structure that shows up prior to what occurs. That, that very uh, <clears throat> cage of your afflictions that you're carrying around with you, as Nagarjuna pointed out. Just being aware of that is how you work with dependent origination. Because if you, if you try to shift it or do too much with it, then it then you buy into that that uh, circularity and you get drawn into that rotation and, and then it gives you the feeling of getting somewhere at least i'm getting somewhere at least at least at least how many times do we use that well at least well i might still be feeling this way but at least you could even say well i i feel like crazy i'm crazy but at least i'm meditating i might go along with that one at least I'm bringing it right to the cushion. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to look at this crap. You don't have to make that kind of an expression. You could say, I'm going to look at this jungle. I'm going to look at this wall of words. I'm going to look at this pomegranate. Or don't name it anything. I'm just going to look at this. Difficult. Not everyone here wants to do that. People want to maybe get in a little bit, stick their toe in the water. I, I'm going to try this, but that's too much. I think I'm going to go gamble or I'm going to go do something else. Gambling is not wrong. Golf is not wrong. Doing something that's entertaining or fun is not incorrect. I'm not saying don't do that, but also spend some time on the cushion, train your mind. See what this is for yourself. That way you don't have to believe what I say or believe what anybody says. You don't have to get your authority from anyone because you've, you've found your true nature. And you'll never make another decision, not a promise. Maybe you will, but that's the way it looks here. I don't make decisions. It's not a, a bragging point, particularly a wonderful, wonderful me. I don't have to think about anything. <laughs> you, might, you might not understand this, but you, you actually tell me what I should do next. <laughs> and sometimes that coming from you is mind your own business. And if you haven't noticed, those of you who have that kind of a dynamic where you never hear from me, I'm minding my own business. I see, I'm seeing people on here tonight I haven't talked to in months and months and months. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. So when someone functioning as a Dharma teacher, when someone comes and is very close and very uh, presents as being very close, very interested in this and and then goes another direction. That's totally appropriate because it's dependently risen. 
I'm not saying it's an excuse. We don't need an excuse. There's nothing to correct. And I'm, I'm saying there's nothing to correct. I mean that. If you think there is, you'll spin and you'll be here. And I'm not predicting the future, but let's say it this way. Lifetime after lifetime. And is, is there lifetime after lifetime? I have no idea. Just a way of talking about circularity. I have no proof looking out the window that the sun is going to rise. No proof at all. But I have a bias there, don't I? Yeah. So it's about being aware of the bias. Don't get rid of it. If you, if you get rid of the bias and you can't help others, you have to see your own bias. This can show up in a, in a form that might show up as humility. Maybe not to you. You might not think of yourself as being. What's more radical about doing less? <clears throat> well, to use the metaphor, radical means root. Or So go, using uh, the image of a plant, if there's the root, then you're not looking at anything else. You're not magnetized or uh, enthralled by the flowers or the leaves or anything. You're looking at the root of it, which isn't, it's in the dark. And it it doesn't it isn't doesn't present very well. It's it's the root of it. It's, it's dark there, but somehow there's some kind of foundational quality to it. And there's something. The root is not the basis. The root is close to the basis. The basis there isn't even a root. There isn't even a seed. More. Shut up. Um. Pain seems to show up for me in, in a way like you're talking about confirmation bias, where I'll just get the front edge of other times I felt discomfort and then it'll pull me away from practice. I'll just assume that this feeling means I'm going to be yeah. hurt soon. Yeah, what's the, I understand. What's the question? You speak a little louder, please. Uh, re recite your question so they can hear, unless there's a microphone where I don't know where it's at. Pain, pain can be a bias. For pain, me. pain can be a bias. Okay, go ahead. Is there a way to continue to practice while I'm still believing that? That's the only way you can do it. That's the only way you can do it. Because if you, it's the only way you can do it. Because you believe it, it's painful. You're having a pain. There's a belief there, but being aware of the belief is what's important. Be aware of what is uh, functioning as belief or as pain or as the, the desire, the inspiration to practice and train your mind. Those all, you don't have to separate those out. Do it with all that, but don't, don't necessarily punish yourself of where you need to have some kind of an accomplishment. Looking for results is very, very tricky, thinking that we were going to have to, to do that. You've lived in the monastery for a couple of years and you're fully ordained as a monk and, uh, when you say, when you show up on the, a, text, a text or I hear that you don't feel good and you're, you're not in the monastery uh, with the forms where everybody else is in here practicing, I don't second guess that at all. Uh, you could, I don't necessarily say I trust you. I'm not saying it's like that. This is what trust looks like. I, that's, you don't hear me say, please trust me. I say, give me the benefit of the doubt if you're functioning as a student of mine. But don't believe anything I say. Don't ignore it. Don't disbelieve it more. Does buying into the belief by leaving the practice keep me from investigating it? Not necessarily. But the way your mental processing goes, it's extremely complicated, not a compliment. Although they both sound the same. Complicated, compliment, maybe. <laughs> if you can extract a compliment from that, you can have it. <laughs> But I'm telling you, I'm just describing the way in which you, your particular style, not right, not wrong, not some people are, uh, you have a strong kind of a Vajra style of going into everything and uh, finding any kind of opening and trying to use that to create some kind of understanding that is conceptual. Other people are functioning totally in an intuitive way. There's one sitting right next to you here. They function, they have a strong intellect but they function intuitively. And then we run into somebody like you, they just listen to you, have you noticed? They just listen. Because they, it's not that they don't think, they just think in a different way. 
you follow me a little bit? Paraphrase me. Tell me what I said. Tell me what I said. Do it now. You guys want to be monks? You get treated like that? <laughs> Go ahead. People who are intuitive receive my conceptual nature by receiving it. Very good. Yeah, they don't understand you. They don't need to because they're on receive. Now, in their own mind stream, I'm not just picking on Senshu or anyone else, in their own mind stream, they may think, they may conclude that they should be understanding you more and they wish they were more conceptual. Like, I could follow you or track what you're saying. Sounds like, because you're it's very magnetizing, you sound like you're making sense. I've been watching you. <laughs> and you do make sense. If you were to talk to someone who was uh, totally wrapped up in their intellect, like, uh, I don't know, let me find somebody here. Should I pick on somebody or not? Nah? No, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I, I see a few people there that really think they know stuff. Yeah. You could probably, you know, you could probably uh, fool them because you have a way of thinking. Now, here again, not a comp, but have a way of thinking that is very circular, and especially since you've been training your mind for years now, several years. Uh, you're, you're getting more and more clear about your confusion. Just keep going. Further question? Um, looking at me being conceptual versus someone being intuitive, how do I see that one's not better than the other? Well, you're asking a question, so you're already looking at it. So there's no, there's no, there's not, there isn't some kind of thing where see, see where is that? A, uh, see, that's form number 23, where you're seeing that. No, I can't. You have to do it. The, the, you can ask the question. I'm saying just continue to look at that. Consider it. Uh, don't conclude anything particularly. A lot, if it needs to conclude, it will do it because it's dependently arisen. There's no self behind that. There's nobody uh, behind your thinking process. Go ahead. When we're working with the spiritual path, is someone's intuitive nature more direct than my conceptual nature? Nope. Just different. Just different. Some people are extremely conceptual, intellectual. Some people are extremely intuitive. And then there's all the variations around that. You, if you went in and started using the Buddha families, it tends to lock down on it. I don't particularly like to use those. I do a little bit, but I just think it's a person can go into one style and back out of that style into another style, depending on how hopeful they are or how threatened they are. So, but no one is ahead of anybody. Anyone on Zoom or out there somewhere have a question? Kevin Bowing. Yes, Kevin. We're in another news cycle about a young man, Dante Wright, who was murdered yeah. by the police. And <clears throat> As a white person, I'm seeing a lot of my black friends suffering and hearing from some stand up and be accountable and use your platform and others saying, please be quiet and hang back. And, you know, I, I want to be useful, but find that now I'm kind of just toggling back between these kind of extremes. How do I uh, show up for those who are harmed without causing more harm. Bowing. Question. And there's no standard answer for anyone. There's no, this is the way everybody should function. Uh, you, you could look at that yourself. Uh, someone, some people might need to travel to, to uh, Brooklyn Center. Uh, you might not be able to help it. You might have to go there, even though you might not know what you're going to do when you get there. Some people need to do that. That is completely valid. Uh, if you said, well, what should I do? Uh, you know what I'm going to say is I find a wall, sit down and look at the wall, train your mind to see clearly. And I would even say, do it, uh, do that uh, in lieu of going to Brooklyn Center and do that uh, and receive. Watch, uh, we have uh, we have Zoom and we have uh, our community and we have the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching in the community. And we also have CNN and MSNBC and all the other ways that we can, as soon as you've sat down in front of a, a news program, they're 
we're talking about this situation. And I would say, follow it. Look, look at what's happening. Look at, at what is happening in our society with these people who are being paid to come in and try to convince a jury, uh, get one, ju one juror there to have doubt as far as the uh, Chauvin, uh, Chauvin, yeah, Chauvin uh, trial. So if they can get one person, it's kind of an odd way that <laughs> so-called, what is that called? Justice? Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's kind of odd that there's a scale there, but the, there's blind. And the blindfold over there, we might think, oh, justice is blind. No, it's not. Human beings are blind. And they put that on there to, uh, to with the pretense that we're even-handed. This is just, oh, I could use one of those really extreme Sanskrit words that I know about, but I'm not going to. They're just saying it's it's horribly painful to watch that, to see people continually torturing themselves based on what what they believe and based on uh, this uh, different kinds of bias, confirmation bias, which is actually a uh, a, a term that I heard uh, an attorney use today. Was he an attorney? Looked like an attorney. Yes. Can you say more about how you're using the term confirmation as it regards bias in practice? Yeah, because you 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 uh, you think something is true because it's you have a built-in uh, aspect of the of the mind stream that is that already has opinions and ideas and doesn't doesn't investigate. Uh, the extreme uh, form of that is thinking that um, um, people with a different skin color are are bad or are literate or not good enough or not smart enough or shouldn't be part, shouldn't be allowed to vote or whatever. And only old white men should vote. I'm being extreme here when I say that, but that's the, the you don't even know that it's a bias. You just think it's true. You don't, you don't realize that you're hurting people. And even when it, when it shows up, then the people who are intensely terrified, they don't know they're terrified. I'm not going to mention any names. I don't have to. Just watch the news. You see these inc totally insane people are having a free reign with uh, standing up with AK-47s, uh, like uh, the one that's down the road here as we drive in. There's someone with banners on the side of their house with these uh, things saying, you know, come and take this away from me. It's like I mean, nothing is happening here. This is just This is just a little town in the middle of Michigan. There's, there's no, there's nothing going on. This is an interior warfare that is going on in each person in different ways. So what I say is, uh, if you need, if you need to know what to do, if you're really listening, train your mind, so that when you do watch CNN or when you do hear what happens with the news or when you hear what, or you see what happens in our own environment here, that you, you have an understanding of it that goes beyond the warfare, so that you don't pick sides and go to war with something. And I'm not against people carrying banners and signs. And, and you know, if you feel like you need to do that, um, go do it. I wouldn't you know, dissuade you necessarily. Just rubbing your eye. <laughs> Don't rub your eye or I'll think that you're asking me a question. Shut up. When it looks like somebody else, is, when it looks like somebody else is causing us some discomfort, how can we begin to see that that's something that we're adding to that? Well, it might not show up. It might just have to be have its relative stance of somebody is doing something, and if you can, uh, this is why I saw some protocols, like for instance the. Uh, the four, what is it? Four karmas, uh, pacify, just try to soften everything. It's not, you're not, you don't need to be the winner. Uh, you, you could even, uh, depending on the situation, again, it's dependently arisen, depending on the, if you're, if you're getting some clarity about the way, what is happening with you, it's interesting that as you get this clarity, you begin to be more clear about others and what's happening with them. So just go slow without any particular goal. Uh, that's why we have a vow that says be with all things. It also says save all beings or put others before yourself, but just be with all things. So whatever rises, just hang out. Just, just observe, keep it very simple without any project of trying to do the right thing. Now, sometimes if it gets into the project area, then we would pacify, enrich, magnetize, and destroy. Those are the four. So make, make friends. 
uh, and then uh, uh, then magnetize or draw it away from the territory that's causing the warfare, and then, uh, or I mean, enrich by uh, uh, drawing it away from that situation, then magnetize by pulling it. And those two kind of go back and forth depending on what's happening, and then destroy. And the kind of destroying doesn't mean shoot them, but it might mean just say, uh, oh, I got to get going and just break the connection and and keep your connection to them very uh, uh, definite. And if they're giving you a lot of trouble, then keep your time uh, with them to a minimum so that you so that you aren't slowly put on the spot with something you can't that you can't uh, say absorb or be with something you can't be with and don't don't overdose on it, trying to prove a point like I can be with all things somehow. If you if you uh, understand what that means, you'll you'll never get a credential out of it. I'm not saying somebody else might give you a credential, but that's not going to mean anything to you. Does the illusion that people are giving you trouble still show up for you? Well, yeah, you guys are giving me a hell of a hard time. Imagine <laughs> what it's like to be me. Jeez. I mean, I've, I've dedicated my life to you guys. And how do you treat me? <laughs> not separate. The feelings I have, the feelings you're having, not two different things. You don't, like I sometimes say, and I'll say now, and you can ask questions about it if you want to. I, I really don't give a shit how you feel. I mean, I can't. If I start to care about how you feel, then we might as well be right back here where I'm functioning as a somebody who's trying to pacify you and make you calm down. It's not that I don't care. Of course I do. And I see that suffering. And you can't get a, a, it's dependently arisen. So uh, my motivation is to help you see your true nature, which you may have to go through a labyrinth of suffering to get to it. I want to help you. I'll help you. The what what flows through this body mind complex that we're calling I'm calling Sogazan you're calling Sogazan, there there the, the the solidity of a self is still there. It's just that it's unreal. So that which passes through looks for some something that will take credit for that emotion. Say I'm the one having the the emotion. The emotion is still it could be even stronger, but you see it's unreal. And mean, uh, unreal means that it is dependently arisen. It is caused by this and that and this and that and this and that. Uh, uh, countless numbers of things to get together and produce that emotion or that feeling of, of uh, uh, per perhaps hatred or ha perhaps depression or perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. And it's not that that doesn't have a relative point over here that looks like that's what caused it. No, that's what triggered it. The fundamental cause has been hiding out there for years, if not centuries. And suddenly something comes along. Go ahead. Are you saying that even if we see that dynamic clearly, we still might function out of the belief? You don't have to give up belief. And you know, say, don't believe it. Don't disbelieve it. Don't look away. I know you can't help but do that. I do it. But if you don't do anything with it, if the belief comes up and you don't do anything with it, then you see that it's a belief. You actually see the belief and you, you begin to have an understanding that, don't meddle with it. Just allow things to come uh, towards you and, and don't, don't conclude anything, exclude anything, reject anything, look away from anything. And when I say that, of course, you can't help that. But if I say that, then you, me, we all put a little bit of tension in that area and we see if we can stop that. And we notice that we can't without going to war. And that brings the awareness into that motion, into that act activity. And it stops uh, st the vampire aspect of the ego, st stops sucking the blood out of your awareness. And then your awareness is finally actually looking at dependent origination, which is what the Buddha said when he awoke 2,500 years ago. Everything is dependently risen. There's no self in the skandhas. There's no solid separate thing anywhere. Show. Kishobaring. Yes. Uh, this confirmation bias or any other bias also seems like dependently originating. It is. Uh, by labeling it, are we uh, are we making it more special than what it should be? Uh, especially, it won't, la it won't last long. 
we make it special long enough so that we can get a hold of it or see it, and then it just goes back into the shadows. So labeling, as long as we know that's what we're doing, uh, then it's not a problem. We don't have to like stop labeling or make sure that doesn't uh, do something else. Just observe as much as you can just receive what occurs in the mind stream or in the life stream. Do you get that? If you didn't, Onda's writing stuff down too. So just in case. And I have a recorder right here. So what are you recording? What you just said. Good. Jason Bowen. Yes, go ahead, Jason. Um, is there a difference between when you say notice everything and uh, watch what moves? Well, I'm encouraging you to, to be aware of as much as you can, but the movement of something is um, in the mind stream or outside the window or somebody walking down the hallway in the, in the building you're in. Uh, uh, we're not trying to create some kind of ideal, uh, um, you know, sealed off area where we just don't hear any outside noise, like some kind of a sensory deprivation tank or something. So include whatever is happening. Uh, endeavor to do a little bit to set up a kind of a, a mandala or a structure where you have a place to sit, possibly light a candle or incense or something, just some kind of a, a point to look at uh, besides the wall and hold still, and then just uh, endeavor to see what's moving in your mind stream, or if it shows up outside, just observe that. Don't agree, don't disagree, don't do anything with it, just observe. And so I'm not sure if I'm heading towards some kind of a response to your question that is going to be helpful. Were you, were you, um, were you talking, like, I noticed when you're talking about your meditation practice, you say, watch what moves. But I'm wondering if you, when you say notice everything, if you're more talking about when you're off the cushion and out and, you know, out and about. All, all the time. The training part is on the cushion because then you can, then you're actually holding very still and you're keeping the movement to a minimum. So anything that moves there is, it could be outside the window. It could be down the hallway. It could be uh, how your knee feels. But it also would be more like your mind stream, how that we keep thinking about this, worrying about that analyzing this, trying to figure out how to do this. What should I do? Should I do this or should I do that? Or should I tell her what I really think? Or should I should I keep this to myself? Should, 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 should. Constantly interrogating ourselves and speculating, speculating. I'm saying watch the speculation. Don't stop it. Don't particularly fuel it. But some of that's difficult to do. It takes time. It takes years to do it. So, um when you're holding very still, then it's a, a very minimalist way of approaching. You've, you've minimized everything as much as you can without shutting yourself in a box and or putting yourself in a sensory deprivation tank and plugging your ears and making the water to the same temperature as your body. And I don't know if you've ever been in one of those, but it's like, um, it's scary. Yes. When you're bowing, is fear the basis of bias? Yeah. Fear of non-existence. Fear of some kind of a threat. The bias, the prejudice that we see all over, the prejudice towards our society, social prejudices, that, that can take up your whole life just being against a whole race of people or group of people. The otherness, the other, the other, the, uh, that open, uncontrollable area. We, we see it, it's showing up all over in our society, in the world. And you I was just reflecting on the discussion you and I had about the, the woman officer who mistakenly used her handgun and killed the 20 year old yeah. that uh, Kevin was talking about earlier. Um, yeah. And so I guess the question was, I, I, I thought fear was overriding that whole situation, but you said there is bias behind that fear. Yeah. 
I mean, I can't, I haven't talked to her, so I don't know what's deeply what's happening there. I don't know her, but um, when you've been training and training and training and you're actually training somebody and then you make such a completely obvious, I mean, this is what they're talking about, the weight of the, the taser and the weight of the, not to go into all of that, but but those kind of things actually make it more, um, you know, there's a kind of dyslexia that happens in, in bias or in prejudice that keeps the ego from seeing that it is what? Relatively, and I say emphasize, relatively at fault because it can flip back and forth. The very nature of confusion is, uh, is no relative stabi stability. So that just like feeling, and so she, she has her badge, she has her gun, she has everything. She doesn't even know she's afraid. Here I am kind of inventing something about the news and I don't know, you know, I have no idea what's happening, but the way it looks, the way it appears is the fear just comes. If fear is not looked at, if, if there's some kind of basic ignorance and a basic, one of the basic ignorance uh, situations that can happen is an allegiance to say a uniform. I know I was in, I was a Marine, as you, some of you know, and I know what someone, somebody's trying to pound into you that you need to have allegiance to this. So that why? So that they can control you. So, and we even do it in our society. We praise people in uniforms. And when the people in uniforms start doing things that are not so good, then we, we, what, what's that phrase you hear all the time? The bad apple. No, it's not a bad apple. It's a, it's a structure in society that, that has a profound misunderstanding because there's no spiritual path. I don't care how fancy the mundane path is. It's rot it rotates and it doesn't take into, into consideration the deep, deep aspect of consciousness. So I sometimes say, I don't want to get too fancy here, but if you're identified with this body mind and you think this is you, this is untrue. But you may have to find out uh, what, this ha uh, what this is about when your body mind goes back into the elements. I keep mentioning this over and over again uh, in order to say, you know, you could take a look at that now and see it might be a good idea to find out what your actual identity is. Because when the body mind goes down or when these people are killing each other, instead of being, I'll put my coffee down, instead of being considerate about her or the family or, or the, the, the terrible things that are happening with police departments, any, there's no basic consideration. It's just trying to find blame. It just keeps rotating. And it's uh, sad, but that's how it is. She was on. Is there relative stability? So the whole idea of relative is opposed to absolute. No, the whole idea of stability is a, as opposed to instability. So um, stability is uh, instability are just relative terms. If if there's if there's nothing there, there's nothing to stabilize. That which sees stability, that which sees instability, uh, has no allegiance to either one. Has no allegiance because it's not separate from those. It is both observing those and is also not separate from those. There isn't anything that it is separated from. More? So we have have a time for a few more. You have a question? Go ahead. Is there a way for different kinds of humans to get along without finding a new common enemy? Whoa. Paraphrase that so I can understand what you said. Or maybe I'll have Sensu explain it. Do you understand what he said? No. I rest my case. I rest my brief my, my briefcase. <laughs> Go, hey, say it again. You don't have to change it too much, but say it again so I can under so I can track where you're going with it. You're a lot smarter than I am. Is is there a way for people to get along without it being based on having a common enemy? I think it's it can be possible, but it comes and goes until the people you're mentioning until they understand truly who they are. They don't have to be practice what we're doing, but have a true understanding of who they are. Uh, then, then there's going to be some kind of chaos. 
happening. And even I heard just heard recently where there some some conspiracy theory where they're getting ready to the government is creating flying saucers uh, so that they can fly those around and then then they can shoot them down and then we can have a common enemy. And so that will unite the earth. But they don't realize that there are other other beings who have created flying saucers way before they created theirs. Is that true? Doesn't need to be true. Doesn't need to be false. But as far as coming back to your question, it's a it's a relative kind of project. And I'm not saying that something couldn't be done that way, that there couldn't be a more reasonable kind of situation where we're we're looking at each other a basic being basically kind to one another and respectful of one another. But that's that's difficult to do if someone has buried, just like Kabir, the poet Kabir said in a couple centuries ago, uh, if, uh, how, if you have, uh, have insight in your heart, you have a loaded gun, how can you have God? His way of talking about, about you know, you have to have to work with this. We each have to work with this ourselves. And you could say relatively unload the gun or remove the gun. Look at the anger and see that the anger is dependently arisen. It's dependent on things. There's no one who's angry. But it sure seems like it sometimes. Sometimes we're willing to completely hurt or murder other people in order to cover up the fear we're having. Because it's too scary. As I sometimes say, I think I said a few minutes ago, if you really think you're if you really think that the, the terrible evil is out there in the world, it's it's because of the fear, fear of non-existence, the fear of a threat, something's gonna get you, somebody's gonna take your gun or something. Anyway, we have uh, 36 people out there in uh, Zoom land. Does anyone have a, a question at all? Super bowing. So go ahead. Uh, you said fear of non-existence. Um, you said, well, it doesn't seem as though fear shows up in the Buddha families or in the hindrances. Is fear worked with differently than the other emotions? Bowing. Fear is the basic a fear of the, the, the terror that shows up if, if who you actually think you are is somehow threatened. So the other hindrances are just uh, aspects of the path, just ways that the, the self-centered mind shuts down or ignores or closes off or goes this way or that way. But the fundamental situation is, um, it could be said, fear of open space. If you go back to the 12 links in the chain of existence, uh, the first one is uh, uh, ignore, uh, ignorance or ignoring open space. And this causes that vortex of self-centeredness to start as some scars or formations. Just a way of talking about it. We're not sure exactly what occurred uh, 2 million years ago or 15 million years ago, but some kind of structure showed up that way. And that was a way of talking about it. And it's, it, it's workable. If you look through all of those links, it, it has a way of describing something that is pretty difficult to describe. But fear of the fear of open space uh, what is it? Orgora, agoraphobia, just a fear of openness, which happens if someone comes up and you, you don't know who they are and they stand up in front of you. There's immediately a fear of the open space of not knowing who this is or somebody scowling at you of not knowing why they're scowling. Instead of having some kind of openness and uh, also called patience, you might wait and find out why they're scowling rather than immediately some kind of attribution of they must be mad at you. It must be because of what you said yesterday. Must be this, must be that. Instead of finding out, as you've heard me use this story before, but I've used it many times. They just have heartburn. They have an upset stomach and that's why they're grimacing. It has nothing to do with you or with me. That, that type of thing is happening all the time, happens in families and especially gets a, a foothold in an area where a particular person's style is to just shut down, shut down. Or if you're being raised, a, a young child being raised by people who are, who avoid their uh, karma from past lives or their, pre or their present karma, whatever, by uh, anesthetizing themselves with perhaps blue ribbon. 
or whatever, or some kind of activity to just take them so that when they're through work, their work a day, they could get to go into this other area where they just have no time on. They, they don't sit down by themselves at all. And if they do, there's a newspaper, TV, books, you know, whatever. In my case, I just, I do it with coffee, which I'm about to do right now. Further questions? Katie Bowling. Yes, go ahead. With just everything in the world going on and changing and getting intense, I feel like everything is speeding up so fast that I'm getting dizzy and sick and frustrated just trying to breathe. How do I even work with that? I don't know. It's a, I'm sure there's a lot of People feeling that way, it's uh, difficult for, for me. Or Unio and I, if we watch uh, what's happening on the news, it's just the uh, last few years have been pretty insane, crazy. But it's uh, the downside is it's that way. But the out, uh, upside is it's quite a bit out in the open. So there might be a possibility of uh, working with that. The most important thing for you to do from, and I'm biased, extremely biased, is, is train your mind, set aside some time, pretty difficult to overdose on meditation practice. I'm not saying you can't meditate so much that might give you some difficulty, but uh, sitting, it's, you're doing nothing. You're sitting down holding still and you're watching the movement and just the observe, just the awareness will bring you into aspects of the consciousness that res, that uh, resolve themselves. You don't have to do anything with it. And it's difficult to see it that way without someone in this case, this old man, and a teaching, and we teach, we uh, study all kinds of texts, not just Zen texts, not just uh, current, we study uh, texts from the time of the Buddha, supposedly, we study, uh, uh, we're studying Kempo Sotram Jamsos, uh, progressive, progressive stages of meditation on emptiness, that is not going to lead you into some kind of liberation. But it might help you work with the conceptual level because that conceptual level is normally occupied with defending the ego. So we take it away from that uh, temporarily and then work with these concepts rather than just the concepts that think that someone has uh, is uh, uh, giving you a hard time or treating you wrong or someone in the past has done that. Just like studying uh, stu uh, studying uh, a Dogen Zenji who speaks out of both sides of his mouth at the same time, the same way Trungpa Rinpoche did. He speaks ultimate truth and relative truth practically in the same sense. Study it. Train your mind, sit down, hold still, train your mind. Do it as a group, as a community, do it individually. Do it uh, as a, this thing we I've been uh, recommending lately is a four-hour block set once a week, especially since we can't really get together like we used to and do a, group retreats. Toji Bowen. Go ahead, Toji. Can Sangha, or what role can Sangha play in getting through these hard times? Well, just what we're doing now, where we get together, you're in a, a long ways away, we're using the technology to be able to stay together and talk to each other. So having a community, talk to, just listen to all of the different questions that have come up. And I've tried uh, as much as I can to respond in a way that's fundamentally supportive and helpful for you to train your mind. Find some time, sit down, train your mind. And when I say train your mind, that can be experienced as seeing how much, how little your mind is trained and how rampant the emotions uh, come up uh, uh, pushing, pulling, shutting down those things. So watch that, watch that uh, Coney Island of the mind as Mr. Ferlinghetti uh, talked about that in his poem. Any final questions? When you're starting to fold up her notebook <laughs> and you have, no, she did. You, did you fold up? No, you didn't. You still have yours. It opens easy. <laughs> no, oh, it does open easy. Final question. Last chance. <laughs> Hi, Anne Marie. 
Long time no see, Anne Marie. Shogabang. Yes, sir. Earlier you said something along the lines of if somebody is around you that's irritating or difficult, that you could thank them because they're showing you the nature of your mind. Did I say that? Something like that. That's, isn't that disturbing? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the nature of the mind that's being pointed to in the, those situations? <clears throat> the the, the self-centered, the egotistical mind, the mind that wants this and doesn't want that. The selfish mind, the mind that thinks it's right, thinks it's, it might not be right about some things, but it's right about that, that kind of mind. To, to be able to see it so that you can... Don't go to war with it. Don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't look away. Do nothing with it. Passion, aggression, ignorance. Uh, lose their strength when they aren't given the fuel of what? Bias or agreement. I, I agree that um, that is happening. That person's actually doing that to me. It's not that they're not doing it. They are doing it, whatever they're doing. But you could look at that as a teaching. Not easy to do that. Much easier to just fight with things or maybe not outwardly fight, but walk away and mumble to yourself about somebody. Or maybe later on with somebody who you're able to talk to a lot, you might complain to them about that person. Shokobang, what's the difference between the mind and the nature of mind? Well, the the nature of mind has uh, the, na the fundamental nature of mind is not separate. There is no one owns the mind. Consciousness doesn't belong to anybody. But when it's showing up as far as human beings and life forms and uh, plants and clouds and all the things that are coming and going and being born and passing away, we get enamored and attached to relative forms, which are also consciousness. They're just showing up in, in a structure, a form. Uh, you could say to, I don't know if it would be helpful to you, but you could say that the, 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 the cloud that forms in the sky is the very nature of the sky. Yet it looks like uh, something is present, the cloud, and something is a background, the, the sky. Uh, they're seen differently, but they're fundamentally not different. Was that helpful or do you have another question? No more questions. Thank you. Sir, Shoto. Shodobang, what does seeing that um, neurotic nature or that neurotic aspect of the mind show us about our true nature? If you see it and you don't push on it, if you see it and you don't pull on it, in other words, you don't try to get rid of it. And if you see it and you don't try to explain it or blame someone else for why that's happening. And if you do blame, you also see that that's part of dependent origination. And you don't shut it out or try to block it out with drugs or with activity, or uh, uh, any anything at all. You just receive that. What's the rest of your question? What does that show us about our true nature? Shows us that's what's covering up the true nature. That's the cover-up. And the true nature is seeing that. And what is it seeing? True nature. This is why the Buddha, when he awoke, awoke to intense delusion and suffering this is how why he said life is life is suffering he didn't say part-time that life is suffering and then people come along and say oh it's a nihilistic religion but these are very uh, people who are you know are, are, have a tendency to believe one thing and disbelieve others so it's it's kind of open for that but it's that teaching is not meant for those people they're not ready for it that teaching is if it's meant for anybody it's meant for people who hear what that, is, what that is about and begin to uh, look at that and consider that teaching. So we see it as a cover-up. That's like uh, you've heard me say before, and I'm not the first one, that the Buddha awoke to delusion. He didn't awaken to wonderful oneness and we're all one and it's a happy God realm of everybody's in nirvana. And samsara, this world we're in, and nirvana are not two. That's not something I made up. 
That's all over the Buddhist teachings because people have seen that and, and understood what the Buddha said, and they've be begun to see it in themselves. They, they see it because they see the nature of it. And some people see that and not, are not sure what they're seeing and don't know how to talk about it. So they may see it. They may be realized, but they can't teach because they don't have that particular dynamic happening in the uh, realm of desire. Go ahead. Anything else? Well, let's pray for all beings then. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.